and welcome to CM Conversations, a podcast brought to you by Charlton Morris. I'm today's host, Becky Rowland, a recruitment consultant specialising in the critical care at CM Medical. In this episode, I'll be joined by Tim Fitzpatrick, CEO and co-founder of Icona Health. While serving in the US Navy, Tim suffered a flight-related injury that led to 18 life-altering months of surgeries and wound care. Once recovered, he threw himself into equities trading on Wall Street, where he met clinicians and researchers who were using virtual reality to transform the patient experience and train healthcare providers. Tim saw this as an opportunity to bring a kind of reassurance to patients that he'd lacked during his recovery. So in 2017, Tim launched Icona with his two co-founders to combine clinical care, storytelling and neuroscience on a VR platform. Here's what happened when we caught up. Okay, so Tim, thank you so much for joining us today and taking the time to speak with us at CM Conversations. Um, I'm, as I've mentioned, I'm really, really excited and looking forward to hearing more about you, your story, and all about Icona Health. I am very happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Becky. Brilliant. Well, if you want to start by just giving us a quick introduction to yourself and a quick overview of Icona as well. Yes, absolutely. Would be happy to. Uh, so, I have been at Icona a little over three and a half years. Uh, prior to launching Icona in March of 2017, I was uh, an equities trader for a bank in New York. I covered uh, technology in the media sectors as an equities trader. Prior to that, I was in the US Navy. So I spent seven years in the service and my, my final two years were in the VA system. So I ended up having an injury that required surgery, and then ultimately ended up needing multiple surgeries, several surgeries, I should say, and several hundreds of wound care visits and treatments. So it was uh, not an enjoyable experience, uh, very formative. And of course, when it was all said and done, um, I had to move on. It was, it was time to to finish up with the service and, and do something else. So that's when I Left, uh, moved to New York, took the job as a trader, and was exposed for the first time to these really exciting new technologies, things like VR and augmented reality, virtual reality, uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, You know, starting to understand how public companies, in this case, were investing in new technologies, where they saw growth, where they were applying these emerging technologies to their existing business models. Uh, and it was around that time in 2015, 2016, when I met my eventual co-founders. And uh, those two gentlemen are, are surgeons. They are both based in New York. Uh, one of them had been a, a VR filmmaker prior to med school. So the, they they teamed up when they were in their residency. They conducted a randomized controlled trial using VR with patients. And when I met them, they had just finished that study. So when I, the first time I, I met them, I put on the VR headset, I was transported into a patient experience and immediately resonated with it. I had, I had been a patient for so long and I, I said, you know, this, this would have changed my life. And in, inside, you know, internally, a, a light bulb went off and I kind of knew at some point I would pursue this. This would have to be something I do. It was a matter of when. So we spent about six months doing due diligence, figuring out how this would look, what it would look like. And uh, we ended up launching in March of 2017. So Icona is three and a half years old. We've 
started out in the healthcare hospital space helping patients, and today we are largely focused on kidney care space, helping patients with kidney disease, those on dialysis, make treatment decisions, supporting organizations who serve those patients, and just finding all kinds of ways to to improve the learning process. That's what, that's what we care about at Icona, that we are a learning company that leverages immersive technologies to, to help patients learn, to help frontline staff take care of patients. Uh, so that's, that is what we're passionate about. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. It's, it's really incredible to hear how, you know, your kind of your own experience and your own journey within, and uh, within the patient, being a patient yourself kind of led you to, to the initial idea of Icona. And obviously you mentioned there that light bulb moment, was it from then straight away, you were really, you know, set on, on kind of moving forward and, uh, building building a company like Icona? Well, it was a bit complicated because to, to be honest, even though I had no background starting a company, I, I did not know anything about entrepreneurship. Uh, neither did my co-founders at the time. So um, I was looking at it as a, here are two good friends of mine who have very compelling research and this should exist, right? This, this experience I just had, this five minute VR experience, every patient should have. And um, yeah. that's, that's, that was kind of it, right? I, I didn't have the tool set. I had some friends I had made in, in New York who had some experience uh, starting companies or, or funding companies. Um, but, but, I myself wasn't really part of that picture until I started asking around and asking those friends, Hey, how would this work? Um, what should I be thinking about? And in asking those questions, I kept getting the same response. You know, take, if, if you are this passionate about it, you are the person that people would want to back to run this, to figure it out because you will not have all the answers when you launch this company. So I had those conversations for months. I kind of did some personal preparations on my end and realized by month four, month five, that, you know what, this, this is a leap I'm willing to make today. And, and I've, I could have been happy staying at my job for, for years, for who knows how long, but um, I was very, very happy. And I absolutely loved a lot of aspects of trading and the team environment and uh, the excitement of it all. But I had that part pulling, you know, that I had that light bulb moment where this was, uh, this was very personal and near and dear. And I had the resources. I had, uh, the co-founders with the clinical expertise, the research behind it. And we didn't have a lot of answers when we launched, but, um, but we certainly did our best to, to go find them once we did, but I would not describe the decision to, to leave the bank to launch Icona as one that was a complete certainty. (laughs) I think it was, I think I had gone from one uncertainty of being a patient into a certainty of having a a good job in New York. And part of me wanted that uncertainty back because I had been in it for so long and kind of got used to operating in it. So, and, and quite honestly, that's, that's still the case now. There's, there's so much uncertainty, even though you, you grow a company and you build it and you learn so much about a market. I mean, um, a lot of those, those questions that are still unanswered are what keep me so excited to, to work on this day in and day out. Yeah, no, it sounds so exciting. Um, 
obviously you've mentioned there your, your kind of personal experience has that been the main driver for you then um you know wanting to to kind of support other people from going through what you went through it certainly is it, to the, in the in the sense that i know what we do helps patients go through some very challenging times you know we we've worked with so many patients with with different backgrounds you know they they require different care we're uh, we've done pilots where mindfulness or veterans are involved in, in helping patients on dialysis understand what they're up against. You know, it's that moment when you provide this headset, there's some particular piece of content on that headset that helps them in the moment with some particular thing, whether it's education or mindfulness, like I said, in the reaction when they take it off. Right? That That's what you live for. So that's, that's the driving force behind why I do it, uh, it's, it's for patients and for, for that entire experience, whether it's a patient or a family member or the people who want to feel confident and comfortable caring for patients. You know, that's, that's also so much of what I took away from my own experiences. I built these incredible relationships with the nurses and the corpsmen, they're called in the Navy, um, who took care of me and year in and year out. And they saw me every single day and they saw what I went through and, and they were going through it with me. So um, our ability to provide a solution that helps both parties definitely drives what I do in terms of the focus of the business, being able to balance the, the personal drive with the customer need has, has been a lot of fun. And of course, it, it gets better over time. You know, as we learn where the pain points are in the business, I can satisfy both at the same time. So that's, that balance is, is what keeps things exciting. Yeah, of course. Well, thank you again for, for kind of sharing that with us. Um, so obviously, you know, like, like you mentioned there, the kind of the main thing for you is, is supporting those, those patients and trying to help them as much as you can. Um, but in terms of, of the business, where would you like to see, um, see yourselves in the next few years? What would you like to achieve? So first off, I want to say what we've done to date is really hone in on a very particular use case for a very particular set of patients. And it just so happens that this group of patients is a very large group. So for for context, uh, kidney disease in the US, one in seven Americans is affected. So about 40 million, it's estimated adults have kidney disease today and 90% don't realize it. So what often happens is uh, they have kidney disease, the disease progresses, They're, they go into renal failure, which is called ESRD, they end up on dialysis. Um, it's a large population. We've, we've identified ways to help them and using a certain technology, which can be virtual reality. It might be another form of, of education, another mechanism. What I hope to see happen is we continue to increase our understanding of why VR, why certain technologies, maybe augmented reality, are so effective in that moment, right? So we, we begin to understand by modality what the impact is for the patients. And the more we begin to understand that component, we will be able to expand the content within that medium. So you don't just have a patient who's on dialysis using VR for one purpose. You have a patient traversing their entire journey, right? All the way through the progression of the disease. Hopefully we can, we can slow that because we understand how 
how to educate them, how to have an impactful intervention in the right moment, uh, delivered in the right way. So the right information to the right person at the right time. But importantly, and what's often missed is the delivery mechanism. So we, we know when and why virtual reality, for instance, is going to completely engage a patient in a way that they've never been engaged before unless it was a real life experience to allow them to make certain decisions, to allow them to understand they and their families to understand what is at stake here. And that's where I see the future of this business is, is working with these providers who are doing such a wonderful job of, of trying to detect risk or assess patients and, and, and get to the disease, get to the patients earlier in the process. Well, if you want to do that effectively, you're going to need to be able to deliver the important health information in the right way at the right time. So I think the, what we will see on our roadmap is a number of product updates that are driven by patient insights, that are driven by partnerships in this space. And, and quite frankly, the model's repeatable, right? We're, we're doing it for a very large subset of patients, but we hope to see it happen in other disease states and other areas of healthcare too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of see how you guys uh, continue to grow and continue to expand. But what one thing I'm really intrigued to know is I know a lot of companies have been affected over these last few months because of the, the COVID pandemic. How has it affected you? Massively. Um, we had a number of, uh, of customers who, of course, in March faced more uncertainty than we can really fathom on our end. You know, we, we offer our services into providers who then provide these to patients. So it's almost secondhand or second derivative, if you will. We were learning just how difficult a time they were having um, at, at the patient level, at the clinic level. And when you talk about having a, a virtual reality headset as, as a tool for education, that's a device. And in this environment with COVID, it becomes very difficult to, to have that be seamless or as seamless as it has been historically. And that's for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's a risk, right? You're, you're sharing a headset. You might have one or two per location, per facility, and it is inherently shared among staff, among patients. So you have to have, and, and we do, we do have infection prevention protocols in place anyways, but it's, it's a perceived and a real risk. That's number one. Number two, we depend upon facilitators in our model. We love the fact that a headset becomes a conversation tool, that a nurse or a frontline care professional can pick up a headset, see a patient, provide the headset and help them get set up. And five or 10 minutes later, they come back, headset comes off in a conversation, a meaningful, informed conversation is had. Well, COVID has made that really challenging because you're not dealing with the same number of employees at a location. There are restrictions. There's all kinds of protocols in place that are making it very difficult to do that. So when we think about how COVID has impacted us, we saw all of this happening in March. We knew that we had to act on that. And, and the ironic thing is we had spent the, the last three years making the case for why VR was a superior 
learning delivery mechanism over traditional methods like online learning or mobile learning or text or conversation. We had been making that case for three years. That was our that was part of our value proposition. And what we suddenly realized in March was that, sure, VR is better in some cases, but our customers don't need some cases. They need to be able to reach patients today. We need to, to provide access no matter what the situation is. And just because VR is better in one format or one use case doesn't mean we should not be able to provide a continuous solution, no matter the device they have available. So we ended up building over about 45 days. We built and shipped a a brand new product that became the core of our business. And now we are a true learning company that also does VR, right? Not just a VR company. And the importance of that is we can control the delivery of all of our education at the right time and across the right platform, whichever device makes the most sense for our customers. And that has, you know, that's opened the doors to be able to test all kinds of new content, to reach patients who might not have a headset, to get past the the labor model, the staffing issues we've been seeing with VR. It's 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 will come to define us as a company. And it's just it's funny how, you know, it's not actually funny, but it's it's a coincidental how <laughs> how something like this um, of course, it was a life or death for, for the company in, in some senses. You know, we, we had to adapt now looking back. It's, it's a good thing we did and we'll be better for it. Yeah, it's just, we, will, we will be defined by this decision. And I'm very glad that, uh, that we were able to work with our partners to, to have that realization. Yeah, I know. That, I mean, that sounds like you kind of were able to, to make the best of a bad situation. And you've obviously come out on the other side with this brand almost brand new product and um, almost as I suppose a kind of a new focus for the company like you said you're not just a VR company anymore it's it's that learning side of things as well now exactly yeah it's it's um you know we're very lucky that we had such great relationships and understanding of our customers and their needs and such just frank conversations about how can we help we know how well things were going before we can't imagine how challenging things are today we want to be part of whatever solution you want to build for tomorrow because we understand that things will not go back to the way they were before so how do we rebuild this together and to be able to have that conversation uh, very honestly it's a, it's a tough conversation um, but you know t- we know it's tougher for them they're they're the ones actually caring for the patients so we have to be on board and understand how they're going to do that in, in this new world. So it, we were very fortunate to, to be able to have that conversation. And um, I agree, it's, it's a new space for us, uh, ensuring that if we are going to offer a truly robust solution, well, customers have certain needs that are currently being met by other solutions in the space. So what, what can we provide that is novel? And, and that's important. Yeah, so I th- um, I suppose now then looking into the future, is that the way you see um, Icona continuing to grow, kind of moving more into the learning space and, and I suppose being quite reactive to, to the market and, um, you know, how, how the kind of world is, is ever changing? Yes, I, I think so. I, I think we, I think we see an opportunity in, in listening very closely to what is missing today in, in, 
not just in the learning solutions, but just in general for patients. And patients, it's it's very different when you're talking about traditional learning and development for professionals, for health professionals, and and that sort of thing, and accreditation, and, and that entire world is important. It's it's well evidenced. It's been around for a while. The patient side of things is is really tough, uh, it, and I say that because it's it's inconsistent, uh, especially when you get to really large organizations. You have a hard time controlling delivery of content uh, consistency. You have if you do any kind of quick math on having more than 10 locations and each one employs uh, 10 people on the front line and they see 50 patients a day. Think about all the combinations of potential conversations that are occurring. And if you can begin to predict or understand the commonalities between those conversations and understand the patient pathways and where they're making certain decisions, you can start to control the content and the conversation you're having um, in a way that is consistently excellent. If, if you know that VR is going to be more powerful than a conversation or ensure you hit all four of the important points a patient needs to know, and it'll be from the best person who can possibly deliver that message, and it will be consistently that great for every single patient, why wouldn't you try to find a way to adapt that into your curriculum for the patients and then deliver that wherever they might be, whether it's uh, in person or at home uh, or to their family member or to the person who's going to be caring for them uh, in the five minutes before they walk into the home to make a home visit. There's just so much potential for uh, safe practice, for unlimited practice, um, and for accessible practice. I think that's that's where I see the, the potential here for patients. Yeah. Well, I mean, thank you so much for, for sharing with us um, your story and uh, kind of going into um, what well, I suppose the future and the hopes for for Icona. I'm I'm really excited to see how you guys continue to to develop and um, I suppose to kind of change the the patient um, experience. And yeah, I mean, just finally from you, any kind of um, last words on 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 Icona and the um, you know your kind of situation at the moment. Sure. So we um, we are based in New York, and we recently received a grant from the National Science Foundation to conduct uh, twelve months of, of research and development here, and we're we're excited to be kicking that off in the next month or so. Um, we are we are really interested in in R and D. You know, the, we we think about product roadmap, product strategy, and all the opportunities in. in in healthcare, of course, but in our space in particular, I think you should expect to see more from us on the research front and on, on R&D efforts because we can't have incremental change and expect uh, much good to come from it in, in this space. And there's a there's a there's quite a bit of, um, let's just say, inflection points in our market. You know, we obviously we have an election coming up, we have healthcare on the ballot. We have uh, recent executive orders that actually are very positive for kidney care. There are there are plenty of tailwinds for this being the right time for kidney care to have its moment and for patients to, to start getting better care. And we see that. So what I'm very excited about for Icon is to be a part of that story, to be a part of the companies who are, are pushing the envelope and, and doing the things that you couldn't imagine are, are really going to be available 
uh, as we move into the next phase of healthcare. So we are we are ready. You know, we're ready to to take part in that and to excited to be doing some R and D that will hopefully result very very soon uh, with quality evidence, quality research backed scientific solutions for for patients. Amazing. Well, I, I'm really excited to see um, to see you guys and see more of you, I suppose, as well. And like you said, you know, the, the R&D space is, is somewhere really exciting for you guys to start um, exploring more. So, yeah, really excited to, to see how you guys move in that space. But again, thank you so much for joining us on CM Conversations today and for sharing your story. And, and like you said, I think um, you're definitely one to watch in the space. So, so thanks again, Tim. It's been really great to have you on. Thank you for having me, Becky. I really appreciate it. talking to Tim, it's obvious that the future of Icona is really exciting as they continue to provide support to patients and aim to offer them a complete robust solution. Whilst COVID has negatively affected many companies in the space, Icona have been able to adapt and come out of the situation much stronger. This startup is definitely one to watch for the future of patient care and it will be interesting to see how they develop if they move outside of the kidney space. For more podcasts like this, please subscribe to CM Conversations.